Hello, everybody. This is Ben Bartels back to you with another episode of Cage Talk. This is going to be episode four. Uh, in the previous episode, I talked a lot about future fights uh, that are happening at 298 and a lot about uh, 297 and what we gained from that pretty much. Uh, we ended off talking about... Uh, saying a lot. I'm so sorry. Uh, mm, we talked a lot about 299... And specifically, Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. Um, all right, time to move on to the next fights because I kind of got cut off last time. I'm sorry for that. Okay, Dustin Poirier versus Benoit Saint Denis is the uh, co-headliner of the card. Dustin Poirier is coming off that uh, KO loss to Justin Gaethje, which I did call by the way. I still got it. <laughs> He's coming off that KO loss to Benoit, uh, sorry, Justin Gaethje, and Benoit St. Denise is coming off a head kick KO win against Matt Frivolo. So it's a pretty cool dynamic that Dustin lost to head kick in his last fight and Benoit won via head kick in his last fight. Benoit is getting shot up the rankings real quick, find the number three contender at number 11. Benoit is a minus 130 favorite compared to Dustin's 110. However, I do have Dustin Poirier winning this fight. Poirier has some elite boxing. And Benoit Saint-Denis, when he enters the pocket, he has a tendency of leaving his chin wide open to be hit. I think Dustin Poirier, maybe after a close first round, is going to be able to figure out Benoit Saint-Denis. Hurt him bad in the second. Mm. Benoit's very tough, and I don't think he's going down. I mean, if you saw when he pre uh, when he got into the UFC for his first fight, he got beat very badly near the end there. But to be fair, that was against a juiced fighter. But he got beat very badly in that fight. And he, I don't think, went down. Like, it was a very late stoppage, but he was kind of just staying there and taking the punishment over and over. Benoit Saint-Denis is very durable. I think Dustin Poirier is going to crack him pretty bad in rounds two and three, though, with a good maybe check right hook. And I think Poirier is going to win this fight by decision. All right, featured fight, Jack Della Maddalena versus Gilbert Burns. This is a banger fight. Gilbert Burns is coming off that pretty boring... <laughs> I know I just said it's going to be a banger fight, but Gilbert Burns is coming off that pretty boring decision. Lost to Bilal Muhammad. I just can't believe that Bilal Muhammad beat Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns did injure his shoulder, though. I think it was a shoulder very badly. Left shoulder very badly in that fight, though. So if Gilbert Burns can come in with no injuries or little injuries, and hopefully that shoulder's all healed up, this is going to be a very competitive fight. If it's injured, I think Jack Delamandalena is going to piece him up with behind a jab and some good straight punches. Jack, this is another fight where a number eleven contender is shooting up the ranks and fighting a very high ranked contender. Gilbert Burns is number four. Jack Delamandalena is number eleven. Jack Delamandalena is a small underdog. Actually, it's nearly a pick'em. I mean, it is a pick'em. It's minus one fifteen to minus one hundred five. So you don't really get returns on who you bet in this fight, and rightfully so. I mean, this fight could go either way. I think if Gilbert Burns can get it to the ground, he could submit Jack Della Maddalena. And I swear to God, if Jack Della Maddalena pulls a guillotine like he did in his two fights ago and against Basil Hafez, I am going to scream. I cannot see Jack Della Maddalena make such a uh, short-minded, dare I say, idiotic mistake. <laughs> I've, I've got Jack Della Maddalena winning this fight. Um, so we're going with... Just to recap, Sean O'Malley, Dustin Poirier, Jack Della Maddalena. Um, I think Jack Della Maddalena, I don't think he's going to, I have a tendency of just leaning to decisions in three-round fights. 
Screw it. I'm going now. I'm going with Jack Della Maddalena by round three KO. Gilbert Burns has a te- has just been allergic to jabs his entire career. Look at the Usman fight. Look at the Chimaev fight. Jabs just eat this man up, and he just not does have he just doesn't have the greatest defense to him. And I don't trust that he'll be able to learn correct jab defense before this fight happens. I think Jack Della Maddalena is going to control him with the boxing and finish him in round three. And I really just say a finish because I've been saying decision too much. <laughs> uh, next we got number thirteen Kevin Holland. Coming off a loss to uh, I forget who, but I'm gonna I'm gonna really beat myself up over this because I forget who he lost to. Anyway, uh, he just he uh, he just lost, and he's going against the uh, UFC debuting Michael Page. Michael Page finally got Michael Venom Page finally got uh, signed to the UFC. He's been a Bellator former. Uh, he's been a Bellator, which is like a rival company to the UFC. He's been a Bellator standout for like multiple years now. He is a little bit on the older side. He's, what, 34, 33, maybe 35? He's been in the fight game for a while, and I think this is going to be a banger fight. Both these guys fight very similar. They both have, like, a weird kind of karate stance. Punches coming from out of nowhere. They can throw kicks. They can. They don't really take it to the ground, but I think if they do take it to the ground, I think it's going to be canceled out because they both kind of suck there. I'm not going to lie. Overall, though, I think Kevin Holland might win this fight it's it's nearly a pick in my opinion i just i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna change my pick on this like eight times before this fight starts but i got kevin holland winning uh decision against michael page moving down this fight card is absolutely stacked we got curtis blades versus jilton almeida jilton almeida's coming off that very 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 boring win over Derek lewis 25 minutes of just lay and pray. I don't... That was such a boring fight from Jailton Almeida. I expected so much more. Then we got Curtis Blades, who is probably the dumbest fighter in the UFC. You stand and bang with Sergey Pavlovich? Sergey Pavlovich. He's known for being, like, the hardest hitter currently in the UFC because Francis Ngannou left. Sergey Pavlovich. You stand with Sergey Pavlovich, but you decide to take down wrestlers. I don't... If Curtis Blades can get this fight to the ground... Uh, he might be able to control him because I don't think we've seen Jelton Almeida on his back. Jelton Almeida is known for his uh, BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I think there's a very high likelihood that Cur- uh, Curtis Blades gets subbed at any point in this fight, but not actually no. I was I was gonna say but something but something about Curtis Blades. No, I'm going with Jelton Almeida winning this fight. Uh, this is kind of like a new guy versus old head matchup. Curtis Blades has been there, done that for so long. He's a number five contender. Jailton's number seven. I think Jailton is just going to go in, body kick, takedown like he usually does. I don't know if he's going to get him down. I think it's kind of going to be a slow fight for a little bit. Maybe the whole fight. Maybe this is going to be a snoozer. But, you know, two heavyweights fighting, I'm happy with that. I love heavyweights fights. <laughs> I'm a casual heart, you know? I got Jailton Almeida winning by uh, 30-27, three rounds to none, boring decision. Caitlin Jukagian versus Macy Barber. Caitlin Jukagian, this is what my thoughts are about her. I know I made that joke last time, but, I mean, she's a boring fighter, man. She just lost to, what, Man in Fiora. She's been pretty inactive since then. Macy Barber coming off that amazing, uh, very exciting win against Amanda Hibas. Amanda Hibas is actually uh, headlining against Rose Namajunas, so that just speaks to uh, the competition she beat. Uh, Macy Barber has been doing very good and been doing very well since uh, losing to Roxanne Modafferi. How do you lose to Roxanne Modafferi but beat Amanda Hibas? I don't know. I think uh, Macy Barber's going to win this just primarily because I want her to. And um, 
I don't really have a reason to say that. I think Macy Barber's just kind of going to push the pace and get her against the cage because Caitlin does really good against, you know, long range with her jab. She's a very long, big fighter for this division. But I think um, I think Macy Barber's going to push her out, maybe grind her out a little bit, maybe land some brutal shots in the clinch against the cage. I think it's going to be a good, a pretty good fight with Amanda. He, I mean, uh, sorry, Macy Barber winning this fight. Next up, I got Mateus Gamrat versus Rafael Desanos. I don't know ref why Rafael Desanos is fighting the number six contender. Mateus Gamrat's coming off that I guess you could say win against Rafael Fiziev. Fiziev tore his ACL, I think, in his last fight against Mateus Gamrat. Rafael Desanos is coming off a loss to I think a, I think he's coming off a loss to uh, Luque Vincente Luque. Uh, and welterweight, so why is he fighting the number six contender, Gamera? I don't know. I think this fight is primarily just so Mateus Gamera can look good. Mateus Gamera is a minus 250 favorite, rightfully so. I think Mateus Gamera is just going to, you know, sprawl and brawl his way to a decision, to a uh, to a, a unanimous decision against Rafael Desanos. Mateus Gamera isn't a bad fighter. He just, I think he just doesn't get the best luck, you know? Uh, moving on, the second best fighter of the card, in my opinion. I'm so hyped for this fight. Fight. Oh my god. Peter Yan versus Song Yudong. This fight is going to be a banger, boxer, banger through and through. Peter Yan is the favorite. He's coming off of three losses, but he's still. I, I've never said this before, but this, Peter Yan's coming off of three losses. He might still be the most technical, most uh most technically sound fighter in the division. Song Yudong coming off that pretty boring unanimous decision win against Chris Gutierrez. I don't know what it is with some fighters. Uh, doing really well against good fighters and then doing very poorly against uh, bad fighters. Jailton Almeida, I'm looking at you. I don't think Derek Lewis is bad, but you get my point. Just lower competition, and they just seem to do worse. Uh, Song Yudong versus Peter Yan. I got initial thoughts. I want to say Peter Yan just based off of boxing technique. I think Peter Yan can avoid the heavy shots of Song Yudong. If Song Yudong cracks him, though, this fight could be over. Song Yudong's got the power to knock out anybody in the UFC. I don't care how good your chin is at the bantamweight division. Um, who cares about any other fights? CJ Vergara's fighting. That's going to be fun. He's got bad girl energy all over him, even though he's a man. CJ Vergara, we're rooting for him. Uh, rooting for Joanne Woods. Rooting for Michael Pereira, even though he missed weight against Wonderboy, which got that fight canceled, which I'm still salty about. But my, uh, Michelle Pereira, I mean is fighting some guy called Michael I'm sorry, I just, I don't know how to say his name. That's, I don't know, any fight Michael Pereira's in is going to be a good fight. So, st honestly, overall, amazing fight. Oh, Pedro, I almost forgot, Pedro Munoz versus Kyler Phillips. Um, I'm rooting for Pedro Munoz. I think Kyler Phillips is going to get it, though. Pedro Munoz just has a tendency of being a bit too wild. And, I mean, he, Pedro Munoz can have some great performances like he had against Bruce, uh, Kit. Chris Gutierrez, but other times he just won't have a good performance, and I'm sensing a bad performance. So after Pedrion versus Song Yudong, I don't. I guess I don't really have a pick to make. <laughs> that was so stupid. Um, that's all my UFC 299 picks. I don't think any more fights are getting announced. That looked like I think that was 13 fights. That's usually around the amount of fights a card has. Let's talk about UFC 300. UFC 300, TBD. So, okay, there, the, I'm looking at it right now. No main event as of right now, so that's good. You know, there's still going to be fights announced. 
This fight card is in January, March, April. April, um, I think, what time is it? April 13th. All right. Uh, it's in a couple months, so we get, they got time to announce some fights. So far, it's not a bad card by any means. We got Shangri Lee versus Yan Shanon for the title. That's gonna be I'm not, that's gonna be a fun fight, but I don't know if it's UFC three hundred worthy, or if it should be hyped up like Dana White hyped it up uh, beforehand. I'm gonna talk about that later. Justin Gaethje versus Max Holloway. This is amazing. That is the Justin Gaethje versus Max Holloway is likely gonna carry the card. I'm gonna be honest. Justin Gaethje has never had a boring fight in his life. He has, what, like 11 performance bonuses in 10 fights or something insane like that. Holloway, number one featherweight, moving up to lightweight for the second time. He uh, just coming off a lot of good wins, couple bad losses to Volkanovski. He just beat Arnold Allen and then knocked out Korean Zombie. So, you know, his momentum is very good right now. He's fighting Justin Gaethje at lightweight, 10 pounds up from featherweight. Justin Gaethje just won the BMF belt from Dustin Poirier in a head kick win. You know, I'm really happy to say this because I'm a Justin Gaethje fan, but the part of me that really likes Max Holloway is also kind of sad to say this. Justin Gaethje is going to destroy Max Holloway. It's true. Justin Gaethje hits hits at a completely different punching power compared to these other featherweights. It's not even fair, you know? I just I just think Justin Gaethje... And you've see, if you've ever seen pictures of Max Holloway after his third Volkanovski loss, he has, like, a massive cut above his eye. He's all swelled up. I think it's going to look worse. I think this is the fight that could break Max Holloway's trend. Max Holloway has absorbed the most amount of strikes of any UFC fighter in the UFC. <laughs> He's absorbed the most strikes and has never been knocked down, knocked out, nothing. He's hardly looked hurt most of the time. Max Holloway has the best chin in the UFC, no doubt. I think this is the fight that's going to break his trend, though. I think this is going to be the fight that Max Holloway gets KO'd in. And it's kind of sad to say that because Max Holloway is a legend, future legend, definitely Hall of Famer, but I just don't see him winning a title anytime soon, whether it be the BMF belt, whether it be the featherweight or lightweight or whatever belt. I think Max Holloway is a very good fighter. I think he's going to continue beating fighters. I just don't think he's going to get that belt anytime soon. So I think this will be a good fight. TK, uh, KO, TKO from Justin Gaethje round four or five. I think Justin Gaethje... His pace, his power, his he's ad, uh, advanced so much in his last few fights, it's insane. You could see him darting around. His head movement was impeccable against Dustin Poirier. I think he's going to be able to dodge the boxing of Max Holloway. Keep up with Max Holloway for the most part and finish him. But don't get it mistaken either. You know, Max Holloway has a very good chance of winning this fight. Max Holloway's got the best chin and cardio in the U.S. Not the best cardio, but he's got very elite, definitely top five cardio, in my opinion, in the UFC. Max Holloway could definitely beat uh, Justin up with his boxing. I don't think Max Holloway is going to finish Justin Gaethje. I think Justin Gaethje could finish Max Holloway. But Justin Gaethje, I mean, sorry, Max Holloway, if you look at his fight, last if, uh, at his last lightweight fight against Dustin Poirier, a lot of people say that fight was like a domination for Poirier, which, I mean, it was a pretty convincing decision for Poirier. But Max Holloway had... Poirier on the ropes sometimes. There was a moment in, I think, round four where Poloway is just beating him up, body, head, you know, hooks all over the place. You know, he's just doing very, very well, and then he decides to throw a flying knee, and then Dustin Poirier takes him down for the rest of the round, recovers, and beats him up in round five. I think Max Holloway could do very good things in this fight. I think he could do very good things against the lightweight division. I just don't think he's doing it against the right opponents. So I think this could... 
be it for Max's chin, and we could potentially see a downfall for Max Holloway in 2024 or maybe 2025 if he doesn't fight after this, which, I mean, he's going to take a lot of damage probably, so he might not. I think another fight we're talking about, Charles Oliveira versus Armin Saryukian. This is a pick em too. I don't know how Saryukian is a minus 200 favorite. Whenever Charles Oliveira is the underdog, he just does so much better. You know, <laughs> bet uh, odds makers just never seem to learn with Oliveira. I honestly got Oliveira by decision. Ormen Saryukian knocked out Benil Dariush. But you know who also knocked out Benil Dariush? Charles Oliveira. La- last fight, Charles Oliveira knocked out Benil Dariush, who scheduled the fight uh, for the belt against Islam Makachev, but her- got hurt in training camp. So that fight didn't mer- uh, How do I say this? Uh, happen, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Ormen Saryukian lost to Islam Makachev a couple years ago and is climbing the division. Dana White said this is a number one contender fight, which is kind of sad because Justin Gaethje deserves a title shot after knocking out Dustin Poirier like he did. But whatever, you know, I guess Justin Justin Gaethje's going to have to wait or fight another uh, opponent, I guess, in the meantime. Anyway, I got Charles Oliveira by decision against Armin Soyukian. I don't know. I don't. I, this is a close fight. It's so close. I don't even know what to say. Armin Soyukian is so fast and explosive. Charles Oliveira, I guess... Charles Oliveira has that dog in him, you know, and for the last and for the in his last fight against Benoit Ayush, for like the first time in a while, he won a fight where he wasn't hurt badly. Justin Gaethje hurt him bad, Dustin Poirier hurt him bad, Islam Makachev hurt him bad. The list goes on and on and on. But for the first time, Charles Oliveira has won a fight against Benoit Ayush that where he didn't get hurt. That was one of his most impressive performances, especially since I had Benoit Ayush finishing Charles Oliveira. So I got Charles Oliveira by decision. I'm tired of I'm tired tired of saying that. Um, moving on, next fight: Yuri Prohashka versus Alexander Rakic. Two fighters coming off of losses. Um, I got Alexander Rakic. Alexander Rakic is too textbook. Now that makes it sound like I'm saying Yuri's winning. I think uh, Alexander Rakic is technical enough to win this fight against Yuri Prohashka and maybe get a title shot off of it. Yes. He lost his last fight against Jan. I'm saying quotations with loss because he blew out his knee against Jan, but Jan Blahovic. But I think Alexander Rakic should be able to be technical enough to stay out of the outside, and I think minus 300 for Rakic is perfect odds, especially with how wild Yuri is. Uh, Yuri could catch at any point. Yuri might be the hardest hitter in the light heavyweight division, even with Alex. Yuri has the potential to catch anyone with any punch at any time and finish the fight, and that's just... That's just a, like his X factor. You know, you can't be going into that fight and not be technical. So I think Alexander Rakic wins this fight by decision. Moving on, I got Calvin. Uh, no, sorry. I got, uh, we got Calvin Cater versus Aljamain Sterling. <sighs> what do I say about this fight? Aljamain Sterling, I think, is going to take Calvin Cater's back pretty easily, maybe in the second or third round, and choke out a Calvin Cater who has not been active. For a while, because last fight out against Arnold Allen, he blew out his knee. I think Aljamain Sterling, even though he did lose his last fight against Sean O'Malley and is moving up a weight class, I think Aljamain Sterling, like a like a this is gonna be like a Davison Figueredo type situation, uh, where a fighter from below a weight class comes up and fights a boxing kind of uh, fighter and wins a fight. Pretty easily, I'm going to say. Because Calvin Cater, he's old, man. He's getting old, and he's blew out his knee in his last fight. I just don't trust Calvin Cater to show up like he usually shows up. Love Calvin Cater. He's one of my favorite featherweights of all time, but I got Aljamain Sterling. 
Bo Nickel versus Cody Brundage. Bo Nickel, he has to fight a ranked contender. I, he should be right now, but I, if he beats this guy, Cody Brundage, I know Cody Brundage is coming off that uh, slam knockout win. And Bo Nickel's a minus 14, 1,450 favorite. Oh my God, that is way too unfair. Cody Brundage is good. I think Bo Nickel's going to win this fight, though. Just wrestling clinic. Davison Figueredo versus Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, why would you take this fight? I know Davison Figueredo is number eight in the division and you're now unranked, but you have no chin. I'm sorry, it's true. I got to say it how it is. Cody Garbrandt has no chin nowadays. He did look very good in the last fight, but he also looked very open when he was striking down, blitzing down, I forget who, Brian Kelleher. When he was blitzing down Kelleher with these fast boxing combinations, I think Davison is like a Duplessis kind of situation against Robert Whitaker. Intercept those blitzes and KO Cody in the first round because Cody just has a habit of getting knocked out in the first round. Cody, if he gets knocked out, it's over for him. There's no hope of coming back. Holly Holm versus Kayla Harrison. Why? <sighs> Dana White hypes up these UFC 300 fights so much just for them to be honestly quite mid. Kayla Harrison versus Holly Holm. Holly Holm, 40-year-old Holly Holm is fighting on UFC 300 and last fought against Myra Breno Silva. Did not look good in that fight. Got submitted in, I think, the second round. Kayla Harrison is 11-1. and one. Ooh, Sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kayla Harrison is 11-1 and one coming from the PFL rival organization. Ah, sorry. Uh, Kayla Harrison is coming from a rival organization. She's a two-time judo uh, Olympic champion in the uh, coming from the U.S., which is the first time that's ever happened. And we saw what happened last time. Holly Holm fought a judo fighter in Ronda Rousey. She got beat. Oh, wait, no. Holly Holm beat her. Sorry. Um, that wasn't a good example. But I still think Kayla Harrison is going to beat her just primarily because Kayla Harrison is freaking huge. Kayla Harrison fought at 155. I don't know how... The UFC expects her to make the 135-pound weight limit. When she fought for the Olympics, she was 170. How is Kayla Harrison going to make the weight limit? I'm I'm in more interested to see the weight uh, weigh-ins for this fight more than I am the actual fight because I don't see this fight being entertaining at all. Kayla Harrison is going to beat Holly Holm. That's it. Diego Lopez versus Sadiq Yusuf. Diego Lopez is so exciting, and I love this guy. Sadiq Yusuf is a great fight. This is going to be a very exciting fight. Sadiq Yusuf has a tendency of exploding in the first round and gassing out. I think Diego Lopez is... I think Diego Lopez, the prospect, is going to outlast Sadiq Yusuf and come in pretty fresh. You know, uh, he's coming off that KO win against Pat Sabatini. Very impressive. I think Sadiq Yusuf is going to get finished in third round against Diego Lopez by... Not some... Uh, maybe maybe submission against a tired Sadiq Yusuf, but I'm, I'm not against a KO. Whatever happens, just I'm just going to say I uh, picked it, you know. <laughs> Bobby Green versus Jim Miller. Um, why does it say they're both ranked number 14? Bobby Green should not be a minus 200 favorite. He just got done being KO'd by Jalen Turner his last fight. Probably the latest stoppage of all time. If you haven't seen that, go look at the fight against Bobby Green and Jalen Turner. That fight went on 20 seconds way too long. Jalen Turner was wailing on Bobby Green. It was a horrifying loss just to say the least. And I love Bobby Green. So I, I think Jim Miller is going to be able to win this fight at a plus 170 underdog. So he is my underdog for the card. And uh, I think um, he's going to come in with those straight punches against Bobby Green, who usually has his hands low and leg kicks. And I think uh, Bobby Green, 
he is I think he's coming back too soon from that KO loss. I think he's gonna look pretty uh pretty bad in this next fight. I got I don't have any high hopes. Now I do wanna say this before I sign off, but UFC 300 isn't a bad card by any means. I just got done talking about a potential fight of the year with Gaethje and Holloway. But I think why a lot of people aren't happy with this um, is because Dana's hyping up these announcements before the fights happen like they're the best fights that can be made right now. Going to be honest, nobody really cares about Aljamain Sterling versus Calvin Cater because both fighters are coming off losses or injuries. Aljamain by knockout and Cater via his ACL tear against uh, Arnold Allen. Although, you know, admittedly, seeing Aljamain move up is going to be pretty interesting just to see how he does in a new weight class because he was a weight bully at Bantamweight, let's be fair. Prohoshka versus Rakic is interesting, I guess, but then again, both fighters are coming off losses and Rakic is coming off another uh, tear in his ACL. I think he blew out his knee or something, but that fight's nobody really cares because it's not a UFC 300 caliber fight, you know? I think it is, but UFC 300 is meant to, like, is meant to be the card. This... UFC cards divisible by 100 only come once every what? I mean, seven years? Like, this is this should be the card of the century. So I just don't think it's living up to a lot of people's expectations. It's living up to mine because I think I'm just happy with fun fights regardless of who the names are, and these are fun fights. <sighs> Rakic, and with how technical Rakic is and how wild Prashka is, this is going to be a fun fight. Let's be honest, guys. <sighs> and it looks like I am out of time. Maybe in the next episode, I will be talking about UFC champions that I think will be the UFC champion by the end of 2024. I'm going to be talking about every weight class. I'm going to be giving my in-depth picks on that, and I want to talk about a little bit in the next uh, episode about Conor versus Mike, Conor McGregor, the best, uh, biggest star in the UFC, versus Michael Chandler for International Fight Week in what, July? At 185 pounds. These guys are 155. I, you know what? I got to save it for the next episode. It's already, this episode's getting long enough as it is. So I want to save some s stuff for the next episode to keep you guys entertained. Um, this is going to be it for this episode. Got a lot to talk about next episode. So you better, better start watching the next. So you better watch the next episode when it comes out in a week or more. I don't know when the next episode's coming out. I'll, I'll talk to uh, the people who uh, bring it out. Anyway, this is. Ben Bartels, episode four of Cage Talk, signing out. Everybody listening, have a great day. And everybody not listening, have a great day. Ben signing off.